Good morning, Crosswinds family. And all of you that might be watching on a podcast, we welcome you this morning. Had a wonderful time of worship, week by week by week. Just love lifting our voices in praise to God, for He truly is worthy, and all that we are is because of Him. So we praise Him. I don't look like Pastor Chris, so you're probably realizing he's not here this morning. I miss him already, but I do have the joy of bringing the word to you this morning. Pastor Chris is away, and, and um, you know, he kind of used a baseball analogy. He kind of looked down the bench, and he said, hey, pressure, grab your Bible, you're up. So here I am. And I know I'm going to be very different than Pastor Chris. He comes up here, and he super strides back and forth across the platform. He's hopping and bouncing and jumping and getting all juiced and jazzed and jacked up. I mean, he, he's got all these phrases. I just stand here. And that's it. But I will tell you this, I found out a secret. He's got a special pair of preaching shoes. And he plugs them in on Saturday night, and they get all charged. And then when he slips into them on Sunday morning and gets here, he's just, you know, he just, he's got it going. You know, if I tried that, I'd fall right off the end over here. But anyway, here I stand. We're in 1 John chapter 4. And I want us to read a passage together this morning, verses 7 through 12. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading from the NIV. It will be on the screen behind us. We're going to read these verses and then also 19 through 21. And in these verses, there is a word or a form of it that's going to show up about 19 times. See if you can identify that word as we read, because that is going to be the answer to a question I'm going to ask you when we're done reading. You ready? Now, when I say reading, I mean out loud, all right? Want to hear your voices? Here we start. Great passage in 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. We love God because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister when they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now the question is this, what is the toughest thing that God asks you to do? The answer is up there, love, right? You may say, love? That's not hard. I love a lot of things. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my food. I love my car. I love our house. I love to travel. I mean, we use love for everything. Someone walks in, someone walks out of the house, you know, and it's, hey, love you, bye. 
And it can get to the point where love kind of gets watered down or it gets kind of defined by our usual and customary usages. But this is not the kind of love that we need to be looking at as we look at the scriptures. It's not just an ordinary, everyday kind of thing, but what kind of love would it be? Now, there's a lot of commands in the scriptures about loving. I mean, if you read the Bible at all, one of the things that you will see is that the admonition to love, to make love the motivation behind everything you do, permeates the Bible. You realize that? You think of verses right now, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. What does it say? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it, Jesus said. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. And then in 1 John 4, we just read the first verse there, number 7, was love one another. Do we do all those well? Love is absolutely intricate and I want to say central part of all of us. It is the motivation. It needs to be the motivation for everything we do. Now think of some scriptures. Ephesians 4.15 says this, speak the truth in love. Love is the foundation. It's the springboard. It's the launch pad for everything. Speaking the truth in love is so critical and so important. If we speak truth without love, it can be very polarizing. But when we speak truth in love, it is very powerful. In fact, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 16, 14 that speaks to the importance of love when it says this, let everything you do be done in love. Now, are there any escape hatches to that? I mean, is it kind of like, well, not today, Lord. Sundays is my love day. Monday, not so much. (laughs) This individual over here, easy to love. This one over here, not so much. And we can kind of decide, yeah, I'll love when it's easy, when it's convenient, or no. But when you read the scriptures, the things that you find here make you realize there's no exceptions. There's no timeouts. Let everything you do be done in love. Is that tough? That's why I say it's the toughest thing that God asks us to do. And we haven't even started to delve into the way God defines love. So what kind of love is this? I want you to watch a little film clip here, and then I want you to respond to it. And you may watch this film clip and think, what does that got to do about love? Well, figure it out.
Are you breathing? <laughs> Take a deep breath. Oh, man, my heart's beating 100 miles an hour. You say, okay, so guys were diving and guys were surfing and guys were biking. Ah, hardly. This was not normal stuff. We look at that and think, what? You've got to be kidding me. Crazy. Nuts. Over the top. Extreme. Extreme love. Extreme sports. Definitely pushing the envelope. Definitely putting it out there. Risky. Kind of love that we read about in the Bible is extreme love. It should have that kind of impact of kind of like gasping, breath-holding, jaw-dropping, head-scratching, wow-popping kind of experience. Because the Bible speaks about love, uses the word agape love. And God has manifested that to us. He's shown that to us in how he is and how he operated. And he's saying, love your neighbor like that. Love one another like that. And how is that? The agape love of Christ and the agape love of God is not your norm. It is not your ordinary. It's not what we do day by day by day when we use the word love. It is unconditional. It is immeasurable. It is inexhaustible. It pushes out the boundaries. So what kind of love is this extensive love? What, is, what does this extreme love look like? Well, as we read this morning in 1 John chapter 4, if you look at verses 9 and 10, you'll see a couple components here of what extreme love looks like. This is what the Bible says. This is how God showed his love to us. He showed it as he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. One of the aspects is that God looked down upon us and he saw our need and he showed compassion to us. He realized, hey, these people that I created, they have left me, they have sinned, they've rebelled, they're selfish, they're self-centered, all of these things that we are. And God says they're without life, they're without hope. I see their need, and if I leave them in that state, they die, and they're separated from me forever. But I love them. I have compassion on them. So he sent his son, and his son came. Jesus, leaving a lot, uh, setting aside all of his rights and privileges, God, he came, took on a human body, identified with us in our need, and died for us. He's the one that did it. So what we see in God in these verses here is compassion and sacrifice to an immeasurable degree. Jesus, all the way to the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 shows this very clearly. The example of God's agape love, pushing the boundaries, extending the limits, was that he came. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He took our sins on himself. Do we want to take on other people's burdens? Not really. But he took it all on, the sins of the world that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
Romans 5, 8 says it as well, that God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He took it all. So we have these components of what we want to call agape love as being compassion, sacrifice. We see need, we meet need, even to the point of extreme and ultimate sacrifice. So as we look at this, as we think of these verses, Jesus, he unfolds this even more amazingly in the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And you may not know that story well. In fact, why don't you tell it to me? Okay, I'll tell it to you. All right, here's the story. You know the Jewish merchant. He was going from Jerusalem down to to Jericho in the Jordan River Valley. And on his way, carrying his goods and taking his his, uh, presence down to, to Jericho, he was robbed and beaten by robbers. He was left on the side of the road half dead. He was Jewish. And along comes a Jewish priest, a religious leader. And you remember what happened with him. He saw the man, went over to the other side, and didn't even stop. And then the Levite, Jewish Levite came by, one who worked in the temple. And he saw the man, and and he kind of put blinders on him, and he walked to the other side and ignored him. And then came a Samaritan, half-Jew, despised by the Jews. And he came, and he saw the man, and he went over to the man, and he began to bind his wounds, and he began to minister to him, and gave him water, put him on his donkey, took him down to the inn where he could get some help, and he left him there, and he paid the man, and he said, when I come back, if I owe you more, I'll pay you more, but take care of him, help him get well. What do you see in the story? Compassion. Sacrifice. I'll give my time, I'll give my resources, I'll give whatever it takes. Here's a man in need. I want to meet that need no matter what it might cost me. And when you look at that story, you see three different kinds of love. The agape love is what we're supposed to be using as we live. That extreme love of compassion and sacrifice. Did the robbers have it? No. Their response to the man was, hey, what yours is mine. Kind of a self-love. Yeah, I want want, want, want mine. And then the priest and the Levite What was their response? Their response was kind of like, hey, what's mine is mine. I don't want to get involved. It was kind of a dismissal. Uh, Just, I'll just take care of myself, thank you. I'll, you know, I'll be responsible for me. I don't want to be involved in the messy stuff. And the Good Samaritan, his response was, hey, what's mine is yours. Compassion, sacrifice. It's really kind of sad when you think that you have two Jewish men who were religious leaders that wouldn't even get involved. They passed the other side. The one who should have didn't. And the one that shouldn't have, the Samaritan, did. And I wonder about in our own lives, sometimes, who are we most like? Hopefully we're not like the robber. Hey, nobody's watching. I think I'll take that. I hope we're not like the priest and the Levite. Uh, no, uh, that's too messy for me. I don't want to be involved. That's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me resources. Uh, I've got my own agenda. I've got my attorney. I've got things I've got to do. My life is busy. But isn't that sometimes how we really live? We get up in the morning, and I'm going to tell you, I'm as guilty of this as anything. Yes, my wife, I'm kind of a planner. I like to know how things are going to unfold. 
In fact, every single Sunday morning early, I'm at Panera, and I have my book open and say, okay, let's look at the calendar. Sunday, we got this, this, church at 9, church at 11. Okay, Monday, we got this, this, okay, okay. I plan it all out. And I think that's good. But some of us can be so planned, and we can have our routine, and we, we kind of are comfortable, and maybe, I don't know if it's just old people, but we can get really kind of comfortable with our lifestyles and with our routines and how things unfold, that we can be very much like the priest and Levite. Yeah, I see the need, but I haven't got the time. And we cross to the other side. See, agape love is all about compassion and sacrifice, seeing a need and meeting it. And we want to know who that belongs to. Even Jesus said in this parable, was answering the question, who is my neighbor? And our neighbor really is anyone whose need I see, whose need I can meet. Because this good Samaritan didn't know the guy laying on the side of the road. So as you think about love, the toughest thing God asks us to do is to love him, to love our neighbor, to love one another. Now let me ask, who, who, is, who should be getting our extreme love? And let me just ask you at the beginning, right now you can even ask yourself, you know, how extreme is my love? Uh, is agape love really flowing from me? Or am I kind of a little bit cloistered in how I live my life and I don't show much? But let's say, okay, I, wa- I want to show extreme love. Who should be getting our extreme love? Our kids? Oh, I'd die for my kids. Our spouse? Oh, I'd die for my spouse. Well, maybe not today. But you know, <laughs> if it really came to it, I might. And how about other members of our family? Yeah, I could show extreme love to most of them except for Uncle Ned. How about neighbors? Uh, two out of four. Because we kind of have a tendency to say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is easy over here. Uh, not so easy over here. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to show extreme love to these people. But when you look at the scriptures, I want you to read with me. I'll guess I'll read it for you. But in Matthew 5, 43 through 48, Jesus has some things to say that really challenge us on who it is that should receive extreme love, this agape love. Look at what Jesus says. I have, you have heard it. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You like that? Is that tough? It's tough. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's a low blow. So we got to be like God? To be children of our Father in heaven, we need to love like He loves, and He loved, he loved His enemies. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? And here's the killer. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
He's talking about perfect love here. He's talking about agape love here. God loves everybody, even his enemies. He wants to see them renewed, restored, transformed. But we have a tendency to love those easy to love, like those easy to like, get involved with the people that are like us, that share our values. You know, it's just comfortable. It's more comfortable to love the people we get along with. And yet God has changed it all. Our extreme love pushes out the boundaries. It raises the bar. So when Jesus talked about the Good Samaritan, that he went over to the man and he showed compassion and sacrifice, what he's basically saying is extreme love goes beyond feeling to action, to action. Have you ever known people that practice extreme love, the agape love of God? I remember my sister when I think I was in college maybe, I went up to visit them in northern Minnesota and she had three small kids. And my uh, brother-in-law pastored in a a little town, a little church in a little town. And when I got there, I found out that they had a guy living with them, a high school kid named Doug. And when I had opportunity, I asked her, I said, hey, what's the story? She said, well, he comes from a family, has six brothers and sisters, and uh, they're very underprovided for. And the dad is very, very abusive. And he, he just can't go home. He can't, he, he just doesn't do well. When he goes home, the abuse is beyond what he can take. So he just kind of tries to find a place to live night by night, sometimes in a garage, sometimes in a park, depending on the weather. And when they heard about the situation, got to know him, they said, Doug, we want you to move in with us. So Doug lived with them, not just for a day, not for a week, not for a month, not for a year. He stayed with them until he graduated from high school. And he thrived in my sister's home and brother-in-law's home. As he felt secure, he felt support, he felt affirmation, he felt love, he felt value, he was encouraged, and he, he really accomplished a lot and left high school and went on to college and became a medical doctor. And I was thinking to myself at the time, I only knew that he was living with him, and I think, man, would I do that? I like my home, I like my privacy, you know, would, would I want someone moving in with me? Extreme love. What boundaries have we put around our love that need to be removed? What limits need to be removed? How high are we willing to raise the bar? You know what the source of this love is? I mean, obviously, in our own human nature, this is not us. But when God lives in us, let's read a couple of verses. First John, when we talk about what is the source, the source is God. And look at First John 7 and 8. We see a couple things here. For love comes from God, and God is love. So when he says, be perfect in your love even as I am, he lives in us, and we have capacity, we have capabilities to love far greater than we do. The question is, will we? It's not can we, it's will we, because the Spirit of God lives in us. And when the Spirit of God lives in us, the love of God is in us. So the question is, how far am I willing to raise the bar and push out the boundaries in order for God's agape love, his compassionate, sacrificial love can be experienced by the people around me? You know, in John chapter 13, 34, and 35, 
Jesus said to his disciples, by this shall all men know you are my followers, my disciples, if you have love one for another. If we love the way God loved, with no limits, no boundaries, compassion when we see need, sacrifice when we want to meet that need, if it's our time or resources, whatever it is that God lays on our hearts, we get involved. What's the result of that? It's not just a feel-good. When we love like God loves, and we let his love flow through us and touch lives with an extreme love that makes people scratch their heads and, and just kind of be in awe, like, why are you doing that? What it does, and it's so critical, is it makes God visible. Read a couple verses here in 1 John 4, 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It is through our love that God is seen when we love as God loves. And we live in a world today that needs to believe that God really is real, that there is a God. And how will they see? It won't be just through argument. In fact, argument doesn't win a whole lot. But when they see something that they can't understand, when they see a radical love, an extreme love, an agape love that, that goes outside the box, that's different than what they would have expected. It's head-scratching, all-producing. When they see that, they see God. And it opens up for us the opportunity to say, yeah, God is real. He's loved me with an unbelievable love, and in me, he wants to love you. When we love with agape love, when we allow the boundaries to be pushed out, the bar to be raised, it's outside the ordinary, outside the norm, God becomes visible. That's really an important thing for us in this day and age because there are a whole lot of people that need to see God. And that's the way we can do it. So as we get to that point here, the result, God becomes visible. How are we going to take what God is saying to us this morning and allow ourselves to raise the bar and push out the boundaries. Again, it's not a, it's not a matter of capacity. Oh, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the, I, I can't, I can't, no. It's a matter of will because the capacity is there within us with God's presence in our lives. You know, someday we're all gonna stand before God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're gonna stand someday before the judgment seat of Christ as it's mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5.10. And he's going to look at us, and his, it's going to be a time where he, he judges our life. What, so how did it go? You were a Christian on earth for 50 years. Let me see what you got. And he's going to unfold all the things that we did. And he may say to us, in fact, I, I want to hear more than anything. I want him to say, Dave, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But when I evaluate my life against the standard that God has set, the expectation God has set of me living an agape love, an extreme love lifestyle, where everything I do comes from love, that there's a motivation behind my life, and I see needs, and I meet needs, I think that's going to be the measuring stick 
And when I evaluate my life, I have a feeling that right now, the way things are, Jesus may say to me, hey, well done, sorta. You did a good job. You went to church faithfully. You served me faithfully. You preached faithfully. You did all those things. That was all that, wonderful. Those are my gifts and calling on your life. You were obedient to that. And you helped with a life group and, and with some of your friends, you know, you really had encouragement and word and other things that went well. But so many times in your life, you saw need and you had this little trigger that says, you know, I need to do something. And uh, no, and you passed by the other side. That's a sobering thought. But I really do believe that love, love for others, extreme love, agape love, is going to be the measuring stick to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So we need to evaluate this morning how I do there. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I really want my life to be maximized for him. How do I do? in this area of extreme love? Have I just been passing by the other side or am I willing as I see need to get involved even sacrificially? Only you can answer that. And I want us right now just to close our eyes, bow our head, let the Spirit of God speak to us. And if you'd like to come down to the altar this morning just to be able to have some time, if God is saying, hey, I want you to take some next steps, you want to cement some decisions for Him, and you want to just spend some time, that's your opportunity. I'm going to ask us just to stand. I'm going to close in prayer. The band is also going to sing us a song. We'll be a part of that. But if the Spirit of God is speaking and you want to come and spend some time with the Lord, even while I close, feel free to slip up. Father in heaven, I, I thank you for the incredible love you have shown us and as we have been recipients of this agape love, this extreme love from you to us, we want to allow it to flow through us to others, even as you've commanded us, to love your neighbor, to love one another. And there is nobody outside that circle, all the way to even our enemies. God, give us courage, give us desire, give us a commitment to push out the boundaries, to raise the bar, to begin to do more that shows your love through us so that people may see and we make God visible to them. Work in our hearts, I pray, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.